It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Thursday episode of Locked On Raptors, Damian Lillard is not a Toronto Raptor. He is a Milwaukee Buck, and it leaves the Raptors with all sorts of questions about their direction and what the plan is going into this season with two major pending UFAs. No Damian Lillard to help inject some life into the offense and a whole lot more. We'll get into those questions on today's show with Jamar Hines of Raptors Republic. Thanks for hanging. Oh, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the bridge of the Hail Mary 3 by Mopey. Get that garbage out of here. Hey, what's going on? And welcome to another episode of Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Thursday, September the 28th, and I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for going on 10 seasons on various platforms. You can find all my work over on Twitter at Woodley Sean. You can find the show on Instagram at Locked On Raptors. And of course, come hang out in the Locked On Raptors Discord, which for a brief moment yesterday, thanks to Shams Charania, was in a great mood. And then bad mood followed very quickly. Thanks, Shams. Great stuff. Love it. Uh, we're going to get into all of uh, that coming up on today's show. Of course, uh, you can find the show for free uh, wherever you get your podcasts. As always, uh, please subscribe, follow, rate, review. We are also on YouTube. You can follow, subscribe, rate, review, etc., etc. Makes us feel good. Makes the show go up in the charts and all that jazz. Uh, so thanks in advance. And, uh, you know, subscribing, getting that notification so you never miss an episode. That's a pretty good way to go about life, I'd say. All right, let's get to it. We're digging into the Dame Lillard trade fallout on today's show. Lillard, of course, a Milwaukee Buck after a three-team deal with the Phoenix Suns and the Blazers sending uh, Dame Lillard to Milwaukee. It's DeAndre Ayton and stuff going to uh, Drew Holiday as well, going to the Blazers. It's Yusuf Nurkic and Nasir Little and Grayson Allen and I think Keon Johnson going to the Phoenix Suns. It's a big, big burger of a trade. We're going to bite into it today with our pal Jamar Hines of Raptors Republic. Jamar, how you feeling, man? We'll get into, you know, where this leaves the Raptors after uh, c- coming short in the uh, Lillard sweepstakes. We'll dig into the reporting that's come out. But just, just let's start with, how you feeling after the Dame Lillard hype of this week ends with the Raptors not landing a point guard who would answer a lot of their problems? I'm actually okay. Don't kill me. A little bit of a troll here. A little bit of a troll. <laughs> <laughs> oh can scratch this out and put Milwaukee. <laughs> a little bit of a troll here, but yeah, don't kill me. Uh, For those listening, uh, Jamar's wearing a Damian Lillard t-shirt. Uh, yeah, that see. says yeah. Portland on it. Um, <laughs> first of all, I wasn't. I got the news like 20 minutes after it happened. So right. you got to explain the Shams thing to me. How long was that <laughs> post up? Because I've seen screenshots, but how uh-huh. long was that actually up? 
Yeah, it will be up forever on account of the screenshots. We love right. it. Um, it I think it was up yeah. for like maybe a minute. I too was taking like a 20 minute power nap while this happened. And I woke up to a flurry of texts and messages. And then I went to the Discord and things had just like all hell had broken loose. So uh, it was a very fleeting moment in time where the Raptors were getting Damian Lillard per Shams's erroneous tweet. Uh, it was a sweet time, but uh, no longer is that the case, man. Rough stuff. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was just curious. Uh, where do you want to start with this? Because I know you got a lot to say. Yeah, I mean, okay, fine. I'll go in. Uh, I think this is bad. Um, I, I think, look, we'll get into the reporting that's come out. And I, I frankly, listening, digesting some of the stuff, I checked out Zach Lowe's podcast with Bobby Marks last night, listened in uh, to that, you know, read Michael Grange's sort of, uh, you know, like recounting of all that went on with Dame. And... It's a hard thing to be in a vacuum super mad about them not getting Lillard considering the circumstances uh, around everything, right? All the reports about him wanting to go to Miami and then the later reports from Mark Spears about how he kind of behind the scenes let Brooklyn and Miami and Milwaukee know that, hey, I'd be all right going there. A uh, great little bit of work there by Aaron Goodwin, the agent of Damian Lillard, to get him to the Bucks and sort of have that all happen in quiet. So this was a surprise. You look at the reported offers, it does not seem as though OG Ananobi was on the table, which I think, um, as far as like a talent evaluation thing, I would have traded OG for Dame. I would not have thought twice about it. I think Dame would have fixed a lot of the problems on the Raptors and cleared up one of the biggest contract conundrums they face, and I would have been all right with that. The reporting from Grange suggests that it was like Gary Trent Jr., Grady Dick, and Picks, maybe an extra prospect, uh, Pressures Achua, something like that, going to Portland. And, you know, they flirted with kind of really going deep into their long-term war chest of assets with multiple picks and swaps going to Portland here in order to keep OG as well. And frankly, I can't blame the Raptors if that's as far as they wanted to go. As much as I don't care about trading stuff for really good players, I understand to an extent why they might not have wanted to empty the coffers and offer OG up for a team that would have been probably not top of the East worthy, although I think they would have been quite good and maybe that was undersold. They're like conference finals potential, whatever. Um, so and considering the, the reports that were out there from the offers from other teams and considering that the Bucks ended up accepting a deal of only one actual first round pick, a couple of swaps, and then Drew Holiday, who they now have to go turn into more stuff, you know, I think the Raptors offering Grady Dick plus Gary Trent Jr. plus all the picks, that's actually like to me, value-wise, almost a better offer but you weren't going to get that done, I guess, because the, the the Blazers just valued that Bucks offer more. They also clearly value getting DeAndre Ayton, which I'm not sure happens if OG Ananobi is involved in the trade. Um, you know, it's it just there's all these sorts of little tendrils of this thing. And so in a vacuum, I can't be, get that mad about the Raptors not pulling the trigger here. I don't feel like this was a situation where they got to the finish line and balked or, off, or asked for more, and it was like the classic reported, you know, Masai Ujiri trade negotiation of late. feels like they were in the running. All the reporting suggests they were, but they just lost an honest bidding war. The problem is it leaves the Raptors with all the questions that they've had all offseason long still hanging over the team with three days to go before media day. I was just about to mention that. That's going to be very interesting. That's where this becomes a problem. Yeah, go ahead. That's going to be very interesting media day because um, there's going to be a lot of questions for Masai and company about Mm – where exactly is the direction of this franchise? What are you going to do with Siakam? And 
Ananobi and and Trent's uh, potential extensions or non-extensions? Are you going to trade them? What exactly are you going to do with this team? Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of what you said made sense regarding the Lillard thing. I do find it funny that I believe one day before Drew Holiday was saying that he was going to be a buck for life and all that stuff. And then cold world, man. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) uh, That's crazy. It's going to be interesting to see where Portland flips him because obviously he's not going to stay in Portland. They're already in. contact with a bunch of different um championship contenders i wonder if they want to deal with the heat again <laughs> considering how the, <laughs> considering how that went it's like okay you didn't get dame but can we get drew and then uh, mm-hmm. it, it, it feels like it feels like ties have been kind of severed between those two teams considering how long this process took and that's where Dame wanted to go mm-hmm. uh yeah, I keep seeing things from like Mark Spears saying that, you know, the Raptors were like right there, but Milwaukee came through with a better offer, according to him. Uh, part of me wonders because you saw that Dame extended the list of uh, teams he wanted to go to Milwaukee and Brooklyn. I don't really understand the Brooklyn part, but Milwaukee yeah. and Brooklyn after it was reported that, you know, Miami's not really going anywhere. That was kind of their offer to kind of pull, you know, the whole michael corleone thing from the godfather is like my <laughs> offer is this that's it well he said nothing so it wasn't technically nothing but you know where i'm going with this but anyway um part of me wonders if simply because the raptors weren't on dame's lists even if the raptors technically had a better offer was that mm-hmm. just on the no list regardless i mean i i that's something we're pro- we're not going to know right away if at all but that that does uh I'm, I am curious about that because if, if under no circumstances did he want to go here and uh, if Cronin didn't want to deal him to somewhere where he did not want to go, then mm-hmm. that kind of ties the Raptors' hands. What are they supposed to do at that point? But yeah, like I said, I don't. We don't know. We won't know all the answers. Yeah, for sure. I I think really where the critique comes down for the Raptors here is not in not getting this particular deal over the line, considering all the reporting. Again, like if the Bucks valued Drew Holiday and thought they could get more for him in return than potentially OG and Anobi or didn't want to risk losing OG for nothing when Drew is such a clear, obvious, like flip for something guy, OG's maybe someone they might have wanted to try to run it out with and see if they could keep around considering his age and fit. Um, you know, if they just thought they could get more for Drew and it was a more sure thing, then you know what? I, I can't begrudge them for that. And if they also wanted to do Dame Assault and send him to Milwaukee, then yeah, the Raptors might have been drawing dead. The problem is, is that none of that excuses or takes away the fact that they've painted themselves into a corner direction-wise, yeah. and they still have two massive, massively important pending UFAs coming into this season, not to mention Gary Trent Jr., and a whole lot of question when it comes to how the roster's constructed, yeah. and they apparently seemingly have those questions themselves, which is what we're going to get into next. The maybe most troubling thing from yesterday was not not getting Damian Lillard. It was the reporting in Michael Grange's reaction piece about how they're sitting with Pascal Siakam that has my ears burning, my like red flags are flying all over the place. We'll get into that in just a sec. But first, got to tell you about our friends over at... DoorDash. You want to check out DoorDash because maybe you're in the position right now. The Raptors didn't get Damian Lillard. You're sitting at home and you want to like eat your feelings a little bit. I eat my feelings 
all the time. I can't keep bad food in the house because I would eat my feelings on a nightly basis. But sometimes you want to have a little snack and DoorDash with their grocery delivery can be the way you get that snack. You love the convenience of getting what you want right to your door with DoorDash grocery delivery. You can stock up for the week or order last minute cravings conveniently like a pint of ice cream to eat as you look at Dame Lillard highlights and listen back to the episode of this podcast from Tuesday where I talked about all the reasons why Dame would be a great fit in Toronto. You've trusted DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites and now you can get grocery delivery that actually delivers too. Want even more value? You can save on all your grocery and restaurant favorites with a $0 delivery free on all eligible orders with a Dash Pass membership as well. You can easily substitute right in the app for best-in-class customer support as well. DoorDash delivers groceries exactly how you want it. Get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to a $20 value when you use the code LOCKEDONNBA at checkout. Limited time offer. Terms apply. That's 50% off up to 20 bucks. No minimum subtotal and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code LOCKEDONNBA. Don't forget, that's the code LOCKEDONNBA for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, we continue on here. Your first listen of the day. Sean Woodley here with Jamar Hines of Raptors Republic. Uh, picking apart the pieces of the Dame Lillard trade fallout and how it all plays into the Raptors. Um, you know, again, I think as much as I was very much in on it, you can understand and even sympathize with the Raptors not getting this one done. But it leaves them in the same precarious spot that they've been in that we've been talking about all summer long with Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi going into contract years, going to get very expensive. Obviously, Scotty Barnes is going to have a whole lot on his plate that will be the topic of our final segment today because boy, oh boy, does not getting Dame put a lot of pressure on that dude to figure things out here for this roster that needs some sort of direction, some sort of internal growth. Um, for me, though... What I thought might happen when the Raptors missed out on Dame is I thought we might finally hear some word about a Pascal Siakam extension or at least some talks, right? Obviously, the Supermax is still there for him. Maybe he wants to ride it out and try to earn that this season. Power to him if that's the case. But we've not heard any reports at all that the Raptors have even had conversations about an extension with their best player coming into this season in an, on an expiring contract. Of course, we know what happened this past year when they had three massive expiring contracts. Uh, one of those guys left. The vibes were weird and shaky all season long, and they're just running it back very much to a T with that kind of ethos this season. And for me, Jamar, the single most concerning thing that came out of yesterday's reporting was nothing to do with not getting Damian Lillard. It was Michael Grange's piece. He had this passage where it said, that talk eventually cool, but the level of commitment Toronto has to the two-time All-NBA player is still uncertain. There have been no talks on a contract extension per sources, with the team seemingly taking a wait-and-see approach to get a sense of how the existing pieces, Siakam primary among them, fit within whatever offensive system Darko Ryakovich chooses to employ. Seems like a problem, Jamar, as was pointed out by our dear pal Joe Wolfond yesterday on Twitter in response to this. Seems great that your front office hired a coach without actually knowing or thinking about how the best player on the team would fit within his offensive system. That's not great, Jamar. How does that make you feel? <laughs> the Raptors are doing, and they have been doing, Pascal Siakam a disservice for quite some time. Yeah. 
when you talk about the on the court product, they have a bunch of guys around him who are in his, you know, area and kind of clog up where he operates best. It's the same for Scotty, really, where mm-hmm. they don't have shooters to space the floor. Pascal likes to operate operate in like the mid range and high post type areas, and you know, without the spacing, you know, he he his twenty eight. I'm sorry, his twenty four eight and six last season kind of came despite what he had to work with on the court. Yeah. Then you have the fact that in a in a time, and it's always kind of been this way, where people question if players want to play for the Raptors. That's just never gone away. I know how annoying it is. But this is a guy who wants to stay, but mm-hmm. it's kind of just being left on hold, not knowing what the team wants. They've it's like are you are you gonna trade him? Like what what are the options here? Because I'd like to see an extension, but this wait and see approach is probably going to backfire if that's what the plan is. Like, what if he and the other thing, sorry, I'm just rambling off the top of my no, head. No, let's let, let let your feelings out, man. <laughs> it's just okay, so you don't want to re-sign him, clearly. Because if you did, something would have been in the works already. Mm. I'm just wondering. He could get more if he were to make an all all NBA team this year. But with the current construction of the team, that's in question because you don't know, A, if the Raptors are going to be good enough. Because he put up all NBA worthy numbers last year, but the Raptors were only 500. So if your record's that bad, normally that goes against you when it comes to being you know, voted one of the top 15 players in the NBA. Mm-hmm. So that kind of goes against him as well from just a contract um, perspective because, you know, the team's not good enough. The team doesn't you don't even know if the team wants you. It just feels like he's just being done a massive disservice. And some Raptors fans I know actually are like, okay, you know what? We don't even deserve him at this point. He might as well go somewhere <laughs> else. I just, I just don't know. And this has been the thing. This has been the theme for the last – 18 months or whatever what's the plan yeah like you said they hired a coach and they have to wait and see how he's utilized to make a decision it just like you said the red flags i just don't know what the plan is we just want to know what the plan is yeah maybe we get answers maybe they lay out the plan in great detail and everyone's sold on monday at media day i have my doubts about Uh that and like Look, I know in theory the plan is Scotty Barnes is the plan, and we'll get to that, right? Like, I, I'm not a fool. I know that that is telegraphed right now. The plan is Scotty will save everything, and that's the path forward here. I just think there's a whole lot that can go wrong with that plan, especially considering this roster continues to make very little basketball sense. I think they will be a very good defensive group. I think they are going to be one of the worst offenses in basketball. And the lack of shooting, the lack of self-creation, the lack of pull-up shooting is such a clear, obvious issue that, you know, again, a Dame Lillard trade would have solved every single one of those problems. They are still very much real problems now as we contemplate what this team is going to look like, even though and, like there are, there are things to be excited about. Um, yeah, what you got? It's just my, I'm just thinking, it's just mind-boggling to me that we are just, and I, you already kind of said this, but it's just mind-boggling to me that we're kind of going down the same route of, mm-hmm. you know, pending unrestricted free agents. And we saw what that kind of did to the chemistry last season because it's like 
players were playing selfish and you didn't know if they're just going for their numbers or something like that. And we're entering the same situation with, especially with OG, because he's said numerous times in the past about how he wants to be more involved in the offense. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure he's going to want to be in a contract here. And you're go- You're basically putting the risk of losing guys for nothing again, like you did with Fred. And it's just, there's a lot of questions I need answers to. And hopefully yeah. I'm not going to be there on media day, but hopefully some of those questions. are. I will be. Out. So hopefully I can contribute All right. to that. I, you and um, <laughs> Samson from Raptors Republic. Samson. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you guys, you guys ask the questions that I, uh, on my behalf, because I need to, I need to get some sort of answers, but go on. Yeah. You know, the other thing, the last thing I'll leave on this is like, I think the reason this stings, again, you know, the reasons why they didn't get Lillard, I think, makes sense. And I'm not mad necessarily about the individual trade not getting done in a vacuum, considering all we've heard. But it's a letdown, considering they were sitting there with the potential. It seemed like very real potential. Like, I don't think their interest or involvement was fake by any means of adding a star to this team that properly complements Pascal Siakam and actually capitalizes on what a great player he's been someone in our discord survey it might have been our pal ben chapman who's always got great points in the discord pointed out that like they've essentially wasted pascal's second contract like full-on wasted his second contract which sucks like that's what i meant by disservice yep yeah total bummer and getting dame would have salvaged that and probably set you up for a next contract for pascal siakam in toronto a pretty fruitful one i would argue most likely with a really good co co co-star in lillard and now it almost puts them in a spot where it makes more sense to trade him, even though trading him also doesn't make a lot of sense because his value is diminished because he's an right. expiring contract yep. and the loop goes on and on and on. Yep. And I just, I don't know how you reconcile that and feel good about where they're at. The, the mismanagement of Pascal Siakam's situation in particular is the single most concerning thing about an offseason that frankly has been one of the worst offseasons the Raptors have had since I made the point yesterday. They hired Kevin O'Neill to be the coach and said, yes, <laughs> Quick this question. Work. That was 20 years ago. Like, it's been <laughs> bad, man. Quick question. If they now turn around to Pascal and offer him an extension, put yourself in Pascal's shoes. Mm-hmm. You've wanted to stay with the team for a while, and they've been very, very kind of suspect on whether they want to keep you around or not. What would be your thoughts if they just do a 180 and be like, hey, you know what? You want to stay for another three, four years? I think if they offer him the extension before the season and he takes it, I think that's a win. I think that actually salvages the offseason because it does declare a bit of a direction. It says, hey, we believe in Pascal Siak and we believe that him and Scotty can play together. Yes, there are fit hurdles to overcome, but we've seen proof of concept of these two guys, these two oversized playmaking bigs who have a lot to offer. We've seen them be able to complement one another and lead a team to being pretty good. We saw that yeah. in 21-22. Uh, that would be to me a way to save and salvage this offseason. But no, what I'm saying right now, yeah, I'm saying from like a personal standpoint, from his oh, point of view, yeah, yeah. it just do you, like is there a little side eye to that? It's like, okay, now you want to extend me? I mean, how much of a side eye can you really give to 212 million dollars or whatever it is? I, I, guess, I guess is my so. sort of counter to that, but okay, um. yeah, I mean, it's hard to say. It's they haven't, I think, done a very good job of managing. The relationship with the best player on the team that's for damn sure 
Uh, we'll come back on the other side and get into Scotty Barnes, who uh, I think the focus really turns to. The focus has been on him anyway, but I think it really turns to him now that Damian Lillard will not be a Toronto Raptor. And Scotty Barnes figures to have the ball in his hands a whole lot in year number three. We'll talk about that coming up in just a second. A pretty exciting thing in some regards. You know, if you're not looking for really good results, I think it can be something you get quite excited for. But we'll examine where this leaves Scotty and the pressure that will be on him this season to kind of right the ship. Uh, we'll get to that in a sec. But before we do that, just a reminder, go check out Lockdown Blue Jays, hosted by yours truly and Mike DiStefano from now to the end of the playoffs. A little pop-up podcast action for you. So a Blue Jays fan out there has a podcast to come to every day to react to, uh, you know, losing twice in a row to the Yankees in embarrassing fashion, among other things. So go check out Locked on Blue Jays with myself and Mike, wherever you get your podcast, and on YouTube for the next little while till the playoffs are done, which could be as soon as, like, next Thursday. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked on NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Damn. All right, let's, uh, <laughs> man, great times in Toronto sports where the Maple Leafs are the team with the most hope. Awesome. Uh, let's dive into Scotty Barnes, Jamar, to round out this show. Um, for those who have not tuned into the shows this week, I guess the most recent episodes are all kind of out of date now as they were all Dame Lillard. But if you want to go listen to Tuesday's show where I laid out the case for how beautiful it would be to have Dame on the Raptors just to get sad, eat some ice cream, whatever, go do that. I think a couple people in the Discord are already doing that. So there are sickos among you who want to go be sad and spiral. That's a way to do it if you want to go check that show out. Jamar, Scotty Barnes now. Kind of all turns to him, right? You know, we've had these various off-ramps for this version of the team and chances to kind of reshape things. The deadline, Fred, OG, et cetera, et cetera. You know, making the trade for Jakob Pertl or not. Uh, the offseason, you know, there was the opportunity probably to trade Pascal at some point to at least balance out the roster and commit to the Scotty-centered vision of the team. Uh, obviously, there's an off-ramp if they extend Pascal before the season, which seems unlikely considering all the reporting out there. Don't think it's likely they trade OG before the season at this point. They seem to love him and to the point that they won't include him in Damian Lillard talks. So um, with all of that, to me, this sort of stuck at sea uh, in a dinghy purgatory the Raptors find themselves in as a franchise kind of has one way out at this point. One sort of ship passing in the night that can save them from their watery grave. And that is Scotty Barnes just becoming the dude this season. If that happens... Great. I'm rooting for it big time. Just because I feel like I'm more of a Scotty realist than a Scotty optimist or whatever doesn't mean that I'm not rooting extremely hard for Scotty Barnes to come out and make the leap that everybody's hoping for. He said on Twitch yesterday that he's 6'11 now. Do I believe that? Who knows? But that's cool. Um, where are you at, Jamar, with what this means for Scotty to not have Dame on the team, to go into this year with so many questions? All of them can more or less be answered or the concerns can at least be calmed a little bit if Scotty comes out and does the thing. How optimistic do you feel about him doing the thing on this roster, which again, lacks shooting, lacks, lacks space, lacks self-creation, lacks pull-up shooting, all of that stuff. Where are you at with Scotty and the very big burden that is on his shoulders coming into this year to try to get this thing back in some sort of pointed direction? Well, you're right about the pressure. And... 
in some ways, it's a little bit unfair to Scotty. What is he, 21, 22? I don't remember 22, exactly. Yep. But he's entering his third season, and it almost feels like the way the pressure is going to be coming at Scotty, it almost feels like make or break. It isn't, but I'm just saying it feels like it because you're going to have fans looking at this little trade that didn't go through and say Scotty comes out the gate struggling, right? They're going to go back to this trade and they're going to be like, this is the guy you didn't want to offer to get Lillard type mm-hmm. of thing. Like other casual fans are going to do the same thing. Uh, and then obviously with the indecision with Siakam, the, you know, Scotty being part of the main plan, you know, I just, I just hope that he, you know, takes a little bit of a leap. I'm not like expecting him to leap into superstardom. I, I just want, I'm just trying to preach patience. Right. So, for a, for a pressure standpoint, I could see how that could get kind of uh, heavy on Scotty if he doesn't come out the gate, like kind of guns blazing, you know, with, you know, immediate improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, people saw, I, we're at the part of the season where, you know, you see like a workout video here and there and people want to like. Rico Hines runs, baby. Uh, remember, <laughs> Rico Hines just runs. before you get caught up mm-hmm. on Scotty looking great at Rico Hines, remember last summer when the yeah. talk of the NBA was, wow, yeah. the Raptors are destroying everyone if the Rico yeah. runs. And Paul then- George is like, yeah, man, you, I, I'd be surprised <laughs> if you guys don't come out of the gate, you know, on top and blah, blah, blah. And we know how that all went. Yep. So, yeah, <laughs> I learned my lesson last offseason. I'm not paying attention to any offseason videos. You know, <laughs> I've seen people even compare the aesthetics between Pascal's workout videos and Scotty's workout videos. Mm. It's like, oh, you know, his doesn't, he doesn't look like he's trying as hard. And he's yada, yada, sweatier yada. than Scotty is. Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh. So, and that was, that was, that was before the Dame <laughs> stuff ended. So I'm just, I'm just wary of how, you know, if there's going to be too much pressure on Scotty and how that could negatively affect him because. Uh, he he's a he's a real vibe type of guy, and if things mm-hmm. are just off, I could see him closing himself off, and that wouldn't be great. So I for for his sake, I just hope that you know he starts the season strong because you know a lot of a lot of fans have already are are you know looking at this trade and already saying, oh, you know, he better be Michael Jordan next season. Or <laughs> oh, I'm no, just, I'm kind of worried yeah. about that. I'm kind of worried. I, I can't lie. Yeah, I mean, people love to get carried away with young players. This is yeah. like how being a fan works. And hey, that's fine. Like, I'm not here to tell you how to be a fan. And again, like, yeah. I feel like I always come off as a Scotty hater when I talk about how the outcome for him most likely is that he doesn't become the all-encompassing superstar that he looked like he might become as a rookie because that's the likely outcome for literally every young player who comes into the league. It's really hard to ascend to that stratosphere of superstar. That doesn't mean I'm not rooting for it to happen. That doesn't mean I'm not excited and interested to watch how he tries to navigate this bizarre roster construction to try to create success as a lead ball handler this season. Like, all that stuff I'm looking forward to watching. I just think the situation, the Raptors have not put him in the best spot to get to where the Raptors need him to go. There's not enough shooting around him. Like, Scotty plus shooting, hell yeah, let's go all day. Maybe, just maybe, if if Pascal Siakam taps back into his former three-point stroke, you have something resembling Scotty plus shooting in your starting five, if Gary Trent Jr. is going to be in there. Um, you know, there's all of that. And, you know, as much as I was on the board of trading OG for um, for Dame Lillard, I, I also think, like, his fit with Scotty is ideal and great. And so I'm excited to see how those two play off of one another as well. Like, there's things to like about this team. I just think your expectations got to be tempered and the big overarching 
contract questions still loom over everything and put a damper on any sort of excitement you start to feel because of the potential for it to go very, very wrong next summer. Um, but yeah, I, I'm with you. I think it's just kind of an unfair amount of pressure to put on Scotty. And, you know, I'm not, hey, maybe we're being too kid glovesy and saying, yeah, yeah. It, be, you got to be very gentle with him and all that, ease him into it. Maybe he's ready to just kind of dive in. Yeah. Um, and I think it's with this roster, the right decision is to just throw him as much as he can handle and let, let him kind of have his growing pains. And well, maybe by the end of the season, you think, okay, maybe this Scotty Pascal OG thing can work. Maybe these three guys are pillars you can build a team around. Maybe Scotty is on his way to becoming that number one dude who shifts Pascal down to responsibility and sets everything in place. There's just a lot to ask in year three with a first-year head coach and a roster that does not seem exactly suited to setting him up for success. And speaking um, of the roster, yeah, yeah. We, we still don't know exactly for sure where they're going to play him. Is he going to be a three? Are they going to experiment with him at the point? Are they going to let Dennis run the point? There's still a lot of questions in that regard in yeah. terms of the exactly shorter question is a gonna, huge one. Yeah, yeah exactly how they're going to utilize him. Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess in my opinion, because, you know, especially with Scotty playing point, a lot of people have opinions going either way, whether he can or whether he can't. Uh, I guess this would be the season to just kind of experiment playing him everywhere and yeah. seeing what works best. I mean, why not? If this is if this is the season that people are going to put a lot of pressure on Scotty to like you know show them something like in, uh, from a star's perspective, you might as well slot him in different places to see where he, what fits best and even you know what what he can improve at. Say he does play the point. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I'm just kind of like, the, like I don't think Dennis Schroeder starting makes sense with Barnes and OG and Pascal and Yak. There's just no shooting in that lineup. There's none. You can't have that little spacing in 2023 in the NBA and expect to have a a functional offense. It's just not how it's going to work. As much as FIBA Dennis was awesome, like we have to recall as well, Dennis Schroeder has been this player or the player he was for Germany in the World Cup literally every time he's played for Germany for the last 10 years and is still Dennis Schroeder in the NBA. Like we're not talking about some guy who's just taken like an MVP leap at at age 30. It's not how it's going to work. And I just think the spacing is not conducive for a lot of success on this team. That said, you know, Scotty plus Trent plus OG plus Siakam plus Pirtle. There's talent in that lineup. If Scotty figures it out, if Scotty taps back into the mid-range game, which I think is his biggest swing skill, going back to last week's episodes before the Dame stuff really ramped up, where we talked about swing skills for these guys, if a little bit of mid-range game comes for, for Scotty, if he can just kind of create a little bit of doubt in the defense's mind as to what they should do when guarding him in pick-and-roll coverages, then I do think there is some potential for this to be pretty fun and pretty interesting and set them up for some excitement. I, I just, the roster is weird, and there's not a ton of shooting to speak of. Um, you know, that said, they're deep. That's that's the one thing I think going for this team right now is they are a pretty deep roster. You got, you know, Barnes, Trent, OG, Siakam, Pirtle. Your second unit features uh, Schroeder, Grady Dick, Jalen McDaniels, who I'm excited about, Precious, Boucher, Coloco, Otto Porter Jr. if he's around. Like, they run about 12, 13 deep in real NBA players, so that's good. Um, but there's a lot to sort out, and I think a, probably an unfair amount of expectation and burden put on Scotty Barnes going into year three when... Like I said with Dame, a reason I liked the Dame trade with Siakam and Barnes as the two guys to pair with him was it gives Scotty runway to figure things out over the next few years and not have to rush to become the guy. He could kind of ease into it. Not the case now. There will be no easing in of Scotty Barnes. Um, any parting shots, Jamar, before we wrap up today's show? Nope. Uh, the only thing I just want to see is where Drew Holiday goes. And yeah. I, I know the I know the, it wouldn't 
from Holiday's perspective, it wouldn't make any sense for him to go to the Raptors. No. So I'm, I'm I'm looking at other contenders and stuff to see where he goes, but to you know, kind of like put the bow on this trade for now at least. And yeah, that's that's all I'm interested in. One interesting thing of, of that is like if there's a Drew Holiday deal, is there a way for the Raptors to slide in as a third team to maybe like say like Boston, for example, says Drew yeah, Holiday is our Marcus Smart replacement. Let's put Malcolm Brogdon in a trade. I don't think the Blazers have much of a desire to have Malcolm Brogdon on their team. Injuries and all, I, I think that would be a pretty interesting little sneak in on the as a third team type of thing for the Raptors if they could get in the Brogdon sweepstakes. Like, is there some sort of guy who shakes loose from the moves that still have to happen in the form of Holiday and even James Harden if something's going to happen there? Um, you know, that's a whole other thing we can say. Keep forgetting about Harden. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, Maybe there's a guard who slips free. Like, I just need more guard depth. I, I think that's just, even if Scotty is the lead guy, even if you fully believe in that, there's not enough guard depth on this team to supplement him. And so right. um, we'll see. It's uh, going to be fascinating. I don't know if we'll see much moving and shaking before media day. This is probably the team. And I'm actually looking forward to, on tomorrow's show, getting back to talking about the team and sort of envisioning what the season's going to look like. We'll have media day next week, of course. I'll be there Monday. Um, and we'll get all the reaction and fallout from that as well. But uh, we'll leave it there for today. Jamar, anything you want to promote for the good people out there? Uh, going back to my typical recaps and previews for games but that's not until next month follow me though on twitter jamar bh i think i'm a fun follow so yeah You're great. Do it. <laughs> we love jamar uh everyone go check him out uh you can find me at woodley sean on twitter you can find the show on discord link is in the description come and commiserate about not getting dame and uh try to talk yourself into this team which by the way like i'm going to do that i'm gonna talk myself into this weirdo team before the season starts that is like a, a borderline certainty because that's how fan brain works but um that's uh we'll leave that and sort of begin that process tomorrow on the show in the meantime subscribe follow rate review wherever you get your podcast for free it's always appreciated when you support the show and uh, help us out in the charts and everything like that and we will talk to you again on Friday with another episode of Locked on Raptors. Thanks for hanging. Bye-bye. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.